You're listening to the weekly sermon of Huntersville Presbyterian Church. We're so glad that you're here and hope that through listening to God's word, you will come away refreshed and renewed for what life has to bring you this week. Here's this week's sermon. Uh, So uh, my family, my dad was uh, one of uh, 11 kids, so big, big family. And uh, he grew up just about a little over an hour south of here, a little town of Great Falls, South Carolina, in Chester County. And uh, one, one, of our other, one, one of our elders in our church, Dad grew up there well. He's the one whooping up in the balcony right now. He, he and I are the only two people in this room who know where Floppie is. Um, anyway, uh, so big, big family. And every year, for years and years and years, we would get together for a family reunion. Every summer at the Mount Ebenezer United Methodist Church right there in Great Falls. And when, we, when everybody got together, I mean, it would be a big, big crowd of people. And we would do it, if y'all have family reunions, probably what y'all do at your family reunions, we'd tell stories and lots and lots of stories. My very favorite story involved a young woman, a birthday cake, and my grandfather's revolver. And I cannot tell you that story uh, in a worship service, but just ask me later. I love to tell that story. So we, we'd love to tell these stories. But uh, my dad's generation, they've all now passed away. Uh, the last one died just a few years ago, and I know because I am the official family barrier. I bury everybody in the family. And, uh, and so with that last passing of that generation, we quit having the family reunions. Uh, last weekend, I was with my sister, and uh, she's about to become a grandmother in a, in a couple of months. And so uh, she's real excited about that, and we're already grandparents. And, and we started talking about we, we've got this new generation now coming along Who's, if, if we don't get together, if we don't have these reunions, who's going to tell those stories to the next generation? I mean, they're just going to die. The, the stories, are, we're just going to miss them, and, and the stories are going to go by. And, and we're talking about how important it is. We, we really want to pass those stories on because some of them are just great, great stories, and, and they're all part of our family history. So how are we going to tell those stories to the next generation? For those of you who are joining us uh, reading through the Bible, this year we're both preaching through the Bible on Sunday mornings, and a bunch of us are reading through the Bible during the week. Uh, if, if you're one of the ones who are reading through the Bible, last week, uh, last Friday, it's just this past Friday, in Judges, we started the book of Judges, and in Judges chapter 2, uh, there's a verse, and, and you may have noticed this, and it talks about this whole idea of what happens if you don't pass the stories on to the next generation. Uh, This is in Judges 2, uh, starting in verse 10. It says, after that, a whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. So, just got to think about that for a moment. There's this generation that had been with God uh, through the wilderness. God had led them out of captivity in Egypt. He had led them through the wilderness be- because of the disobedience and the lack of faith of some of their leaders. That generation doesn't enter into the promised land. And then this generation eventually does, and, and God works miracles for them, and, and they defeat, and they, they take over the, the land, and they possess this promised land that God had given. But then there was a generation that followed them the text says they neither knew the Lord or what He had done for them. And the only reason could be is because their parents didn't tell them. 
No one told the stories of, of what God had done, the, the stories that went back a couple of generations, how God had parted the Red Sea, how God had provided in the wilderness, how God had gone before us in every battle, and the walls of Jericho fell down, and the armies just fled before us. I mean, with God, it was just victory after victory after victory, and God was with us, and, and He led us into victory, and God provided for everything we needed. They'd experienced all that. They just didn't tell their kids. And so a whole generation dies, and their kids, the generation that follows, neither know the Lord or what He had done for them, because they didn't tell them. Nobody had told them. And and here's the consequence. It it continues in verse 11. It says, then the Israelites, because they neither know the Lord or what He had done for them, then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And they served the Baals, that's the other gods. They forsook the Lord, they forsook the Lord, the God of their father, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him. And and suddenly they'd go into battle, and the, the battle that they used to win all the time, they'd lose. And, and they'd cry out for God to help, but they didn't know God. They didn't know who they're crying out. They're crying out to these false gods to help, and, and they're not real gods. They're no help. And so as, as you read through the book of Judges, and if you're doing the daily reading, we've been reading through the book of Judges, what you see is just Israel's just starting this downward spiral because one generation failed to pass their faith on to the next generation. It was a big deal really big deal then. It's still a big deal today. And and it's why I am convinced that one of the primary responsibilities that that parents have and and to a big extent that grandparents have and, and really that the entire church has is to pass our faith on to clear our roof. And, and to the kids that you saw, you know, standing up here who are celebrating their first communion today. We, we have this huge responsibility to pass on to them what we know about the Lord and about the things that He has done so that they will know Him as, as they grow, that they'll continue to follow Him in their own lives. It, it, there is so much at stake. If we fail to do that, there's this whole generation that's going to grow up, and they're not going to know the Lord. And and I think one of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves as parents, as grandparents, and and as a church body is when we kind of, when we look around you, and we have all adult kids now, so we're able to kind of sit back and do that, is to say, did I do that? Did, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gathered here for worship today, are my kids worshiping somewhere? Did I pass my faith on to my kids in, in such a way that they're continuing to follow, follow after God and seek to live and love the way that Jesus did? did? Did I pass faith on to the next generation? Huge responsibility. There is so much at stake. And God understood that. And, and that's why when the people were in, that's what we talked about in that time in between, when, when the people of Israel were in that land in between, and they weren't, in, they weren't in captivity, but they weren't yet in the promised land, God gave them very specific instructions for how to pass faith on to the next generation. 
And so we're going to look at those today. You know I love it when you follow along in your Bible. So there are Bibles right there in front of you, and grab one if you, if you have it on your tablet or your phone, or just open it up. We're going to be in the fifth book of the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And, uh, and while you're finding that, let me say that what's written here is especially written to parents, and I'm convinced also to grandparents, but, but it's really, this is a message for the whole community. And they're, they're very specific instructions for what parents should do. But, but I also want to say, because, I mean, Kim and I, we're empty nesters now. We don't have kids at home. A lot, a lot of you are empty nesters. Some of you have never had kids. And the instructions here, the principles that, that are here, I mean, they're applicable in every aspect of your life. They establish a rhythm that, that's important in, in every aspect of your life. And, and if you follow these kind of principles, it'll improve all your relationships, your friendships. Uh, it just Everyone gets improved through, through these principles. So we're going to be looking at just the first few verses in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And, and they begin this way in verse 2. Uh, begins with the promise. God says, he's saying through Moses, he's saying, listen, I'm giving you a bunch of commands to follow, but here's why. So that your children and their children after them, generation after generation, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commandments that I give you. And so, here's the promise, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, your, the God of your fathers, had promised you. So here's the promise. If you pass this faith on to your kids and they pass it on to their kids, you're going to increase in number. You're going to live a long life. It, it's going to be like just, you're going to be living in milk and honey in this promised land. It's going to be really, really good. But what you got to do is you got to pass the faith on to your children and, and to your grandchildren. And, and so it continues and starts to get, get a little more practical. Uh, verse 4, real important verse in Judaism. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus would later say that this is the first and the greatest of all. Love your Lord your God. Can you go back to that verse? Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the God is one. Yes, no, maybe, try it. There you go. Uh, read that with me. I'll say it together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Just stop it right there. And in Judaism, this is called the Shema. It's central to Jewish faith. This is the big deal that parents wanted to pass on to their kids. And again, Jesus says this is the first and greatest of all commandments. Love God for everything you got, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have. This would be, they'd pray this every night. This is just a central part of who they are. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, one God. Love Him with everything you have, heart, soul, and strength. First and greatest of all commandments. But you got to do that in practical ways. In verse 7, just this one little verse offers us this really practical rhythm for life. And, and I'm going to talk a lot to parents right now, 
But again, these principles, everybody needs this sort of rhythm in your life, and it will impact all of your relationships. Uh, Verse 7 establishes this great rhythm for life. So put put verse 7 up there. Uh, Read it aloud with me, so make sure you got it. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Rhythm for life, just just established here uh, four times during the day that we can pass faith on to our kids and, and that we can strengthen our own faith along the way. So the first one, and, and they're not in order in the verse, but uh, the first one, uh, the Jewish day begins at sundown. Our day begins at sunrise, and so it's a l- little bit out of order for us. Uh, but the first one is this. Uh, you, you need to make use of the time when you get up, when you get up. And, and we call that morning time. How many of you would say you're morning people? I am. Anybody morning people? Just love to wake up. You wake up before the alarm goes off. You're singing a little song as you're waking up. You're just so happy. You just can't wait to be awake and, you know, enjoy the day. We got some morning people here? You're kind of wondering why we don't do a 6.30 service on Sunday mornings. That'd be so cool. And then I'm ready to go for the day. How many of you are not really awake until like the fifth cup of coffee? And no, you don't want to talk to anybody until then. Yeah. How many morning people found that they married not morning people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I think in God's humor, he, he lets these two, you know, two kind of attract. When our kids were growing up, our kids were kind of a mix of all of them. One of, one of our daughters, I mean, she could, she could set 12 alarms in her room, and she'd sleep through them until noon if you would let her. Uh, one of our daughters, when, when she was little, she'd be the first one up. She'd be dressed and ready and sitting in the kitchen when we came out, ready to go to school. Uh, one of our daughters just walked around all morning like a little black cloud, you know, just kind of, and we, we avoided her at all costs. And now they're all in their 30s, and they're exactly the same way today as, as they were growing up. Um, but all of us have morning time, and, and what happens during morning time, it really sets the tone for what's going to happen for the rest of the day. It's true for all of us. And, and if you're a parent, morning time is the time that you get to be a coach, And as a coach, what you want to do during morning time is you want to be offering encouraging words. You want to offer your kids encouraging words because they're going out into a hard world. They're going out into a world that's just going to beat on them and wear them down. And and what they need is encouragement as they would start the day. So I, I, I married someone who was not a morning person, but when our kids were little, she was up before they were. And, uh, and they'd come downstairs, and there'd be, you know, upbeat music, Christian music playing in the kitchen. And uh, we'd, we'd write little notes and put them in their lunch boxes, just words of encouragement. And we'd do anything we could to try to build them up during the day. Our girls got older, and they, they picked up on it. They started writing each other encouraging notes in lipstick on bathroom mirrors and uh, on car windows and, you know, and all kinds of things. But we all need this. I mean, every single one of us. I mean, one of the reasons I encourage people to begin each day in Scripture reading is because it's going to set the tone for your day. And, and we need those encouraging words throughout the day. So, so we don't want to miss out on morning time. Got to take advantage of morning time. All right, the second time of day, go put the verse back up in, in Deuteronomy 7. It says, also, you've you got to talk about, you're impressing these God's truths on your kids' hearts. You've you got to talk about them when you walk along the road. Now, most of us don't do a lot of walking along the road, but we do a lot of driving in the car, right? And, and so you call this drive time. You've got morning time, and then you have drive time. 
And if you have a kid who does not yet have their driver's license, you know all about drive time. Because you are spending a ton of time right now just shuttling them to, you know, there, there's horseback riding practice and soccer practice and scouts. And, I mean, there's just an activity here in a... An, an activity or an event or just something going on every single moment, and you're just like a taxi driver, just carrying them around everywhere that you can go. And, and you don't want to miss the opportunity that drive time gives you to pass faith along to your kids. Uh, drive time, and the role for a parent in drive time is this is when you get to be your kid's friend. And, and this is when you get to engage in informal conversations. Just talk to them about, you know, what's going on? Where have you been? Where are we going? Try to help them experience and interpret that. Uh, this is a, a time to, to just be able to engage in, in just kind of an easy, light conversation as you're making your way from A to B and, and then back home again. And, and you don't want to miss drive time. And let me add this. If your kids have friends in the back seat, just be quiet. Listen to them talk. You will learn more about what's going on in their life than, than, you, can, than you may want to know, uh, possibly imagine. But, but you don't want to miss out. And, and here's the temptation. Well, we've had our grandkids here for last uh, week, and a couple of them are here, still here this week. Every time I get in the car with them, the first thing they ask me, you know what it is? Can I watch a movie? Love to, oh, golly, they love to watch movies in the car. You know what I tell them? No. We're going to talk. And uh, they're like, oh, I don't want to talk. And, uh, but you, you just, listen, I, I'm a big fan of videos and cars on long road trips. And uh, I have no problem with that. But when you're just running errands, heading to Harris Teeter, and you know, pick up something, coming back home, I mean, talk to your kids. Use drive, be intentional with drive time. If you've got to play something, play music that reinforces what they're learning here on Sunday mornings. Talk about it. You, you don't waste drive time by just having your kids plug into a set of headphones or their tablet. I mean, this is a time that you get to have informal conversations with your kids and engage in them. And, and let me say for everybody else, drive time's also a great time. Some of you commute. Um, we, we commute less than we used to working from home, but some of you still have to commute. Use drive time as, as a way to, 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 to engage yourself, to, to listen to things. Just don't waste you know, that time of the day. So you do it when you get up. You do it when you walk along the road, which for us is drive time. Third time, I'll put the verse back up. Third time is when you sit at home. And, and, and the way I think of this, this is mealtime. And, and I, listen, I know mealtime is a challenge. Having a time where everybody sits around the table is a really, really tough thing to do because everybody has really busy schedules. But I also know that you prioritize what's important. And we decided when our kids were growing up that as busy as our kids were, that we were going to make mealtime a priority. And so we, we worked real hard to kind of arrange our schedules and to, and to make it happen so that we could sit, you know, around a table together at, at least three or four times a week. And, and I'll challenge you, you can do that. Uh, mealtime, mealtime is when, as a parent, your role gets to be a teacher. Uh, Mealtime is a time that, that you begin to give instruction and, and help your kids interpret life and, and instill values in them. Mealtime, you know, it's not just to eat as quick as we can and then get back off to whatever we were doing. You, you want to make mealtime a time to be really intentional, and there's so many great tools and resources out there to help you do that. 
and, and you use mealtime. Do it a, a family devotion at mealtime. Re- read the Easter story this week. Uh, uh, last week, a bunch of you picked up the Easter packets. Use mealtime, parents, as a way in which to tell the Easter story to your kids. Don't miss mealtime. Our girls, when they were growing up, they, they, they figured out real quick that mealtime was important to us. They discovered that if they started asking questions, they could avoid all their after-dinner chores uh, because mealtime would just drag on and on and on. And that was great. We didn't want to miss that opportunity. And, and let me throw a challenge out just for dads because this, this was challenged to me when my kids were young, um, that I made it a habit to every week have one meal with one of my kids. We have three daughters, so for me it's one of our daughters. And, and my schedule, breakfast worked best. And so one, every Thursday I had breakfast, just me and her, with one of my daughters. And, and we did that for year after year after year. And, and it was just a way of using a mealtime to invest in their life. And it was real busy. There were other things I could have been doing, you know, on those Thursday mornings. But I made that investment. I said, for my kids are all adults now. The investment I made on those Thursday mornings, golly, the, the return on that investment right now is just untold. I mean, you've you got to make mealtime a priority. Uh, and then the last one, you get to the end of the day, and, and uh, the, the text says, and when you lie down. So this is bedtime. And at bedtime, the parent's role is to be a counselor. And this now is an opportunity where you can build intimacy with your kids. There is something, we discovered this with our girls. I'm seeing it with my grandkids. There is something about being in your room, safely tucked in your bed, that just sort of lets the defenses come down and kids are more willing to talk about how they feel, what really happened, what they're struggling with, and at any other time in the day. Uh, bedtime is about these intimate conversations and, and building this kind of intimacy. And again, kids just open up. And Kali, I know it is so tempting just to send them to bed and, and just hurry, you know, let, let me read this book as fast as I can and, uh, and, and say the prayer and sing the song because I'm, you know, we're binge watching a show downstairs and I don't want to miss it. And, uh, and, and it's just because you're just ready for the kids to go to bed, but do not miss the opportunity of bedtime. It, it's just so, so important in the life of our, to, to build that kind of intimacy. And again, listen, I know that a lot of what I'm saying here is just for parents, especially for parents, but this, these same kind of principles, they apply in all our relationships. We all need this kind of rhythm of finding encouragement in the morning, of, of using drive time as a way to kind of engage our minds uh, a little bit. Of, of being intentional about mealtime and, and the conversations that we have around meals. Maybe it's with friends. And, and to ending our day well, and, and to ending our day, I love to begin the day and end the day in God's Word because, again, it builds that sort of intimacy into my life. And you build this sort of rhythm into your life, and what you discover is that you're better able to love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're able to love God better with everything that you have because you build this rhythm, and you're better able to not let a next generation come along that neither knows the Lord or of the things that he has done. And and let me just say this again. This is so important. There is so much at stake here. As parents, as grandparents, as a church, so much at stake. This is so critically important that we would pass our faith along to our kids. 
Because at the end of the day, you know, we, 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 all the ribbons and trophies they gain through sports, all the, you know, recognition they get through arts and academics and all those kind of things, none of that's going to last forever. None of that's going to last forever. I mean, it's awesome. I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm so proud that I'm an Eagle Scout. But that doesn't mean anything compared to knowing Jesus. And, and if we, we, we have got to be intentional in saying, I'm going to pass my faith. I'm going to impress upon my kid's heart God's commands and what it means to love him with everything that I have. I was reading this week, and I found this little verse. It's a small letter in the New Testament, 3 John, a short, short little letter. But 3 John verse 4 said this, and I'm convinced this is every parent and grandparent's heart's desire. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Amen. I have no greater joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth, but the only way that's going to happen is if I make the decision right now that I'm going to be really intentional about how I've used each day, the morning time, the bedtime, the drive time, the meal time, how I'm going to use the rhythm of the day to impress God's truth upon the hearts of my kids and my grandkids and the kids that God entrusts to us as a church. But when I do, when I do, then they begin to experience God's love in, in a way that empowers their life, and they pass it on to their kids. And they know the joy of seeing their children, our grandchildren, walk in the truth. So, would you pray with me? Lord, for those of us in the room with kids and and those with grandkids, we we don't always get this right. And, And there are times when we've missed opportunities to pass faith along. There are times when we've let other things become more important. Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, help us to be a church where the next generation will know you and they will know of the things that you have done. And then the next generation after them will as well because we're passing this faith that you've entrusted to us onto our kids and then they'll pass it on to their kids and generation after generation will give you praise Lord equip us as parents as grandparents as members of the body to help share the good news that we've discovered with a generation that I believe is eager to hear it and so desperately needs to hear it and Lord, I pray that, that in all the ways that we do that, we'd be empowered by your spirit and that it bring glory to your name. We pray all of that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Huntersville Presbyterian Church. Here at HPC, we believe that life is better with Jesus because Jesus makes us better at life. If you're looking for a church to call home, we would love to share his life with you. To learn more about us, or if you'd like to give online, visit huntersvillepres.org.